What's up, sports fans, and welcome to another episode of Football Fanatics here on Final Timeout Sports Podcast. I am Forbes Crowley here, joined, as always, by Fernando Doctors, and for the first time ever, having a guest here on the podcast, David Friedman, joining us for the next two episodes of Football Fanatics. Here on this episode seven, we're going to be talking about the NFC North. And David, as a uh, as a first timer, I'll put you right on the spot. How do you have this division shaken out? Well, first off, I'd just like to say it's an honor to be here. Um, the NFC North, I have the Packers on top with an eleven and six record, mm-hmm. followed by the Vikings, a ten and seven. You know, the Bears and the Lions, you could you could pick either one to finish <laughs> in last or in third, but I have the Bears in third at five and twelve, and the Lions at four and thirteen. Really top heavy division, I would say. Should be competitive yeah. between those top two teams. Yeah, definitely see the the Packers and, and the Vikings taking control of that division. With uh, I also have the Bears coming in last there. I got them three and fourteen, having a, a tough year overall. Uh, with the Lions having a, a slight improvement uh, coming in at six and eleven, actually nailing that uh, CBS projection of six wins. But uh, agree with the top heaviness of the division, Nando. What do you think? I'm going to have to agree with you, Forbes. Um, I have the Packers on top, like you as well, Frito, at 11-6, and six, followed by the Vikings at 10-7. and seven. I will say this, though. I do see a bit of an improvement from the Lions. I do have them in third, but I do actually have them with seven wins, improving to 7-10 wow. this season, followed by the Bears in last with a 5-12 and 12 record. Yeah, I... Uh... I'd say uh, I'd start bottom of this division and then make our, make our way up to an actual exciting team and Vikings and the Packers. But for me, I uh, the Bears, I see them almost having a regression this year. Um, you know, starting off with Justin Fields, uh, he could be that guy. Uh, I'm not sure just about just yet. Uh, year one wasn't enough for me to really tell. I uh, went two and eight in his 10 starts last year um, and his only real, you know, number one receiver. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you know, he's a kind of, he's a solid receiver, but he's not a, not a top receiver in the league by any means. Um, tight end, he's got Cole Komet, who's a second year out of, uh, out of Notre Dame. They always kind of produce some pretty good, uh, tight ends, kind of a reliable target. Then they went out and got Nikhil Harry from the Patriots. Uh, I know Nando and I can give a multitude of reasons why that was a stupid decision. Um, I think they traded for him for a fifth round pick. You might have, I might as well just throw that pick in the trash. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so their their receiving core looks terrible. Um, Justin Fields also needs to kind of make steps and progressions as a uh, as a passer that he didn't make last year. Um, so that already doesn't set them up for success. On top of that, um, um, they struggled to to really just put points on the board last year. Twenty seventh in points per game. 24th in yards per game so they really didn't have anything significant that they could put together on offense and then in the offseason they didn't go out and get anybody that could add uh, to that pretty mediocre offense then other side of the ball when it comes to their defense uh, I think they're going to struggle pretty significantly this year last year uh, 22nd in points allowed per game yet they were sixth in yards allowed uh, per game so kind of just suggests that they're starting in pretty terrible field position um, leading to more points by fewer yards. Uh, then you look at the fact that they lost uh, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and a couple other uh, significant members of their, their defensive front. Um, so 
They only really uh, addressed the secondary in the draft, kind of leaving that defensive front still pretty bare. Um, and then in addition to that, their best linebacker in Roquan Smith is sitting out of camp right now uh, mid-contract negotiations. So in my opinion, this is, this is really all just suggesting that, um, that they're going to regress next year, be pretty terrible and fall to the bottom of the division. Um, and yeah, I can definitely confidently say that Aaron Rodgers will, will still own the bears. Um, then when it, when it comes to, to the lions, I do have them improving. Um, you know, Dan Campbell, second year guy. I honestly love the dude. I think he's, uh, he's a great coach. He's got great energy overall. Uh, I got a, I saw a quote from him this year cause they're going to be on, uh, on hard knocks. He said, uh, you know, what makes us what we are, it's grit. And what does that mean? We'll dig a little deeper, uh, push a little harder, think a little sharper. It means we're unbreakable. It means we'll play you anywhere. We'll play you on the grass. We'll play you on the turf. And we'll play you on the landfill because we're going to tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you. Um, so I just think he's great, great mindset and just great culture that he's developing um, in Detroit. Um, so I see them improving, granted, marginally improving. Um, to come up to, to third in division, you know, it's hard to, to be worse than was a three thirteen and one, um, year last year, but I do have them, uh, bumping all the way up to, uh, a six and 11 record that's hitting their, their CBS, uh, win projections. But, you know, they went out, got the number one ranked defensive end in the entire draft in, uh, Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson. After last year, they got the best offensive lineman in the draft in uh Panay Sewell out of uh, Oregon in 2020 they you know drafted who they thought was going to be their uh cornerback one in Jeff Okuda you know he's supposed to be one of the cleanest um corners coming out of the draft he didn't have a single pass interference called on him in his final year in college he hasn't you know come near to living up to his potential Lions defense ranked 31st in uh, opponents points per game uh 25th in their own points per game when it came to their offense so Really just bottom of the barrel for them. Um, ideally looking to have second-year wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown take some take some steps towards the latter half of the season last year. He definitely seemed to um, kind of keep it or uh, develop into more of a wide receiver one. Um, but, you know, it's, it's tough. I don't think that they're going to be really challenging anything in terms of the top of the division, but – you know they'll beat out the buck or the the bears um in a in a battle of two pretty pretty terrible teams um i don't know that's that's my my initial thoughts on on the lions and the bears um let me know what you what you guys think whoever kind of wants to jump in sure thing um i think the bears and lions are both going to struggle for sure this season but i think that when it comes down to it, I, I think the Bears are going to be much worse, to be honest. I mean, you're looking at a uh, one of the NFL's worst offensive line units. Um, you know, they did go and get four guys, but, I mean, they got them on, like, day three. We're talking four uh, combination of fifth rounders and sixth rounders, and that's just not going to do it, um, in the NFL at least. So, I mean, we're talking Ken Justin Fields, like, you know, make an improvement with a struggling offensive line. Like, honestly, probably not. Um, you mentioned Forbes that they, you know, lost Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, 
uh, Eddie Goldman and Bilal Nichols. Um, so, I mean, this defense is also, you know, going to be below average for sure. They dished Allen Robinson as well to the Rams. Uh, Darnell Mooney, though, he did, I think, rise to wide receiver one for them and, you know, topped Allen Robinson. I think he is a beyond talented uh, wide receiver that I just wish had a more competent quarterback and was in a better system. But you know, when it comes down to it, I really don't see this Bears team winning more than five games this season. So I have them in dead last at 5-12. and 12. Um, Now moving over to the Lions, I think that, you know, looking at um, last season's record, it doesn't tell the whole story of this team. Uh, Forbes, like you mentioned, uh, team that struggled on the defensive unit heavily. Um, but you know what? They went in and got a got a very good um, edge rusher in the second second overall pick this uh, this past draft. And from the offensive perspective, I mean they have a lot of talent um, in the wide receiver core. You know, hopefully Jared Goff can can you know see games out um, alongside you know. DeAndre Swift at, at a running back, but I mean, we're talking about a team that, you know, lost, what was it, three heartbreakers um, early on in the season. I mean, like, pretty, pretty, pretty unlucky there. Um, they struggled with injuries. I think overall, they were like the third, they were like the third overall team in terms of injuries. Um, I'm sure Fritos uh, Baltimore was up there as well. <laughs> Um, but what it comes down to as well in this league is is can you can you win close games? And last season they were two and six uh, in close games. But I do see that um, you know for year two under under Dan Dan Campbell that there there will be improvements. This team will definitely eclipse five wins. Um, I'm a bit optimistic here with uh, Detroit, and I have them winning seven games. Um, which I know is, is a bit of a hot take for sure, but I do see this team um, seeing a bit more success uh, than last year for sure. You know, you guys have both mentioned Dan Campbell when you're speaking about the Lions, and I think he gives them the, um, the title of the best coached awful team. <laughs> Dan Campbell is a guy that players like to play for. You know, they lost, as you mentioned, several heartbreakers. People forget that they nearly beat the Baltimore Ravens and it took an NFL record field goal <laughs> by Justin Tucker, 66 yards for Baltimore to, 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 slide to that win in. that game. <laughs> of course I did. Um, so look, this is one of those last place teams that I would say there's a little bit of reason for optimism. Um, as you mentioned, they added some good pieces on defense. I think they really shored up their secondary with Deshaun Elliott, and I think that drafting Aiden Hutchinson, um, maybe he becomes a star. That being said, when I look at their schedule, there are just not many games where I can give them a win. You know, they're lucky enough to play the Giants and the Jets, which, you know, will help any teams get two wins right off the bat. But... Just going down the line, I don't think they'll be competitive within their division. Maybe they split with the Bears. Um, they have to play the Bills. They have to play teams like the uh, like the Cowboys. You know, it's not often that you have to mention the Cowboys as a solid uh, yeah. contender, but 
Especially against a, a against think, the Lions like this. Yeah. I think that just speaks to the pessimism I have that the Lions will turn things around <laughs> this year. I'll move on to the Bears. And, you know, I gave the Bears one more win than the Lions. I have them sitting in third at 5-12, and 12, and that is just by virtue of playing one more god-awful team <laughs> than the Lions do. Um, you know, there's really not much I can say about the Bears. Justin Fields looked good, but he looked, at times, he looked good. He looked like a talented quarterback who had no help. And I don't think they really gave him much help. Again, I think the Bears come out on paper slightly better than the Lions by virtue of playing the Giants, Jets, Texans, Falcons. Those are some pretty pretty favorable matchups for these guys. Um, this is not their year. Yeah, I definitely can think we can all confidently say that these bottom two teams are going to weather – Giant or uh, the the Lions are in third or fourth, or the Bears are in third or fourth. They're going to be bottom half of this uh, of this division, which brings us to a little more excitement. Talking about Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, um, I've already got some some quarterback comments uh, uh, ready. But Nando, I'll kick it right off to you. How do you think that the Vikings are going to do this year? You know, they got that pretty incredible wide receiver um, core, but then they also have Kirk Cousins, so. How do you see this season playing out for him? Yeah, so, I mean, we're looking at a Minnesota Vikings team that didn't make a lot of moves, right? You know, um, basically for me, I'm thinking more of can can Captain Kirk be, be that guy, you know? And can, you know, Kevin O'Connell lead a squad that's a, that's a bit more, you know, aggressive on offense than perhaps a more, you know, laid back or conservative rather, um, Mike Zimmer. The offensive firepower for this squad is definitely there. Um, Dalvin Cook, you know, leading the way at running back, an unbelievable talent. Um, I guess the biggest concerns for him will definitely be his durability going forward. Can he, uh, you know, put a complete season for this Viking squad that definitely need him, you know, to establish the run game, um, game in, game out. Justin Jefferson, you know, heading into his third year, an unbelievable talent who, you know, is definitely in the conversation for, you know, one of the best receivers in this game. Um, and then, you know, you have the great story of Adam Thielen, who is an unbelievable slot receiver, um, who, you know, almost gave up his dreams of playing in the NFL. And it's just, you know, he's, he's that guy. So he's, he's definitely got the tools, the wide receiver position. Um, and I mean, looking at this at this schedule, I think that uh, I think the Vikings could, you know, they could they could definitely eclipse nine wins, uh, ten wins, and it will really just come down to I think, you know, can Dalvin Cook stay healthy, and you know, can Kirk Cousins be that guy, um, you know, definitely not that guy as in like you know an Aaron Rodgers or you know a Tom Brady, you know, definitely not talking about that guy, but can he just do his part? and help this, you know, football team win games when it matters most. And you know what? I think that um, O'Connell's going to have to trust him. I know the, the franchise trusts him. He just, You know, he signed a big contract um, this past offseason. Whether that's deserved or not, um, I'm, I bet Forbes has some, you know, choice words uh, for that, definitely. But you know what? If you have a franchise that backs you, you have the tools, you know what, that suggests that there should be some optimism, you know, at least for this squad, you know, it's a push for a 9-10 win season following 
uh, you know, a little bit of a disappointing, you know, and tougher tougher schedule, I will say, last year when, when they finished 8-9. and nine. So what are your guys' thoughts? I'll, I'll hop in real quick. Just uh, I got a couple Kirk Cousins comments. Um, simply put, he's not that guy. Um, you know, I think he's one of the most criminally overpaid quarterbacks in the NFL. So, yeah, you mentioned the extension that he signed this past offseason. He's set to make $40 million this year and $30 million in 2023. He's 59-59-2 and two as a starter since he's come into the league and 1-3 and three in the playoffs. And he's only made the playoffs once as a four-year starter for the Vikings. So with one of, if not the best wide receiver combinations in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, um, you know, he should be doing more and he should be winning more games. Um, You could talk about potentially the defense, but he's not putting together the, the games and the seasons to win games and bring his team to the postseason. So yeah, I, I also have an improvement from eight to nine to nine and eight this, this season. You know, congrats, they, they won one extra game. Um, maybe they can sneak into the, the playoffs and be one of the teams that get ba- gets bounced in the wild card fairly easily. But um, I see Kirk Cousins losing his job by the end of the season, if not before. Um, I see the Vikings potentially giving 2021 Texas A&M product Kellen Mond uh, an opportunity. He's uh, seemed to imply that he might get some more um opportunities or looks this season but i the vikings are going to be in the qb market either uh in the draft or in free agency slash you know the trade market coming up next season i think it was definitely a a pretty big mistake for them uh to sign kirk cousins to an extension i think they should have um you know seen what he could offer them this season and then potentially extended him but 70 million over two years for kirk cousins uh is terrible um i don't know frito what what do you have so I'll start with Kirk Cousins' contract. In the NFL, if you are not a bad quarterback, and there's not that many quarterbacks that are not bad, then you can make whatever kind of money you want. That's just kind of the lay of the land right now. Um, and Kirk Cousins, I will remind you guys, last season he posted a 33-touchdown, 7-interception line with 4,200 passing yards. Those are good stats. And if you look at the games that they lost, they went 8-9. and nine. They had some impressive wins, and they had a couple close losses. NFL football is a game where one play can change everything. They went 8-9, and nine, but they lost to the Bengals in overtime. They lost to the Ravens in overtime. They lost by one touchdown to the eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams last year. They flip a few of those games, then it's a whole different outlook for them. Um, so... With Kirk Cousins having the receiving core that he has, I actually envision another pretty decent season statistically, and maybe they make a few of those plays and win a few more of those games and, you know, sneak into the playoffs. I doubt they I doubt they get a bye this year. They will not be the number one team in the division, but I easily see them making the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. Yeah, I mean... I definitely don't disagree with the, the numbers that, I, that Kirk Cousins has put up. The I mean, the the interception stat line is definitely impressive and an improvement from him. I will say, yeah, granted with, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, those guys are going to lend yourself to some pretty, pretty legendary numbers. Um, but then, you know, aside from the, the offense, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, um, the, the Vikings are going to be looking to forget a pretty embarrassing campaign that they had last year. 
they gave up 20-plus points in 12 games last season and 30-plus points in six games. They ranked 24th in points allowed per game, 26th in yards per play, 27th, uh, sorry, 26th in defensive penalties, and 30th in yards allowed per game. Uh, so just about the bottom half, bottom third um, of the league in every bad statistic uh, that you can have on defense. So they, you know, they have a lot of improvements that, uh, to make, and I think that more than their offense, uh, which is, you know, can argue is, is pretty top notch, their defense is going to be the difference maker in, you know, a potential 10 and 7, 11 and 6 um, season that maybe they do have some slight success in the playoffs. But, you know, they have some, some glimmers of hope when you look at the defense. They ranked second um, in the league in sacks. And then for the first time in Vikings history, they had five players that had five or more sacks. Um, and, you know, granted, they were largely hurt for a lot of the season, um, struggling to, like, you know, put a unit together that could stay on the field for uh, four quarters consistently. Um, and then another, you know, impressive stat, they ranked fourth um, in defensive third down percentage, um, even given that they had Anthony Barr, Michael Pierce, Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, and Patrick Peterson all hurt um at some point or another throughout the season and nev- never really together at, uh, on the field at the same time. So, you know, if they can build on some of that success that they had, especially with that uh, defensive front, then maybe, you know, they can prove me wrong with, yeah, a, a 10 or 11 win season. Um, but definitely definitely is going to pale in comparison, in my opinion, to, to a pretty, I think, impressive Packers season. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, even coming off of an MVP season, uh, is pretty pissed off and is going to go off, um, even though he'll be lacking Devontae Adams. So, with that, I don't know, Frito. How do you how do you see the Devontae Adamless uh, Packers going this season? With a different quarterback, with maybe any other quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers, maybe Tom Brady, I would be scared. But Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks who will find a way. One could say he's that guy. I would say he's that guy, <laughs> Nando. What do you think? He's that bad man. He's that bad man. <laughs> so look, not having Devontae Adams, that's going to hurt. You know, when you look at his uh, at the depth chart that Green Bay has in terms of receivers, it's not. it doesn't inspire a lot of optimism. <laughs> we can just say that. Um, and it's actually unbelievable to me that the Packers organization, a consistently, you know, winning organization, um, would not provide Aaron Rodgers with any sort of reasonable receiving core. However, like I said, he's one of those quarterbacks. It just doesn't matter. You could have, you know, myself, Forbes, and Fernando out there, and he would still throw for 5,000 yards <laughs> next year. Um, <laughs> Fernando, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Frito. I think I think I'm definitely going to echo some of your your points that you've already made. Um, you know, the uh, they dished both Devonte Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, not that Marquez Valdez Scantling is anything compared to Devonte Adams, but nevertheless, he was a strong deep threat for him. Um, and you know, they added Sammy Watkins, who I'm sure Frito could also tell you is uh, practically irrelevant, um, having barely been able to you know eclipse 13 games um throughout his career only had one a thousand yard season um but nevertheless he is playing with that bad man um you know to uh to comment briefly on um 
Aaron Rodgers' points about Lazard being a future uh, Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I, I could see that, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, but all things considered, Lazard did have eight touchdowns last season, despite his, you know, inability to eclipse 600 receiving yards. Um, but nevertheless, there will be plenty of yards and uh, touchdowns uh, left, you know, on the table, you know, for for the grabbing. So I definitely see his numbers, you know, as he is going to be that uh, next guy up to to jump a bit. Um, whether he's going to, you know, really fill the void, uh, probably not. But, you know, he is playing with, you know, one of the best quarterbacks uh, we've ever had the pleasure of seeing uh, play on a football field. Uh, that being said, though, um, this squad definitely has a uh, – has a top five offense, uh, defense, sorry, to say the least. Um, they added two defensive players from Georgia and Kawhi Walker and Devontae Wyatt in the first round of the draft. Um, but also, like, if we're, if we're just looking at their returning players, it's actually a little scary. Um, you're talking about guys like Rashawn Gray, Preston Smith, um, Devontae Campbell, Jared Alexander, Kenny Clark, you know, uh, Adrian Amos, like, all these dudes were former first-round picks, uh, let's not forget. And I think that this squad also, you know, has that, uh, has that winning DNA in them. Although I do have them um, coming out on top with an 11-6 and six record, uh, not as good as last season. I think that is uh, more uh, because of their schedule. I think they will play some tough teams. And, but, you know, nevertheless, um, this squad is unbelievably talented you know, has uh, has the potential to, you know, have a, have a postseason run. Um, I don't see this team being better than the Bucks, um, but you know what? Um, you got it. There's no, there's no way that this, this team is not, you know, having an unbelievable season and, and winning this division at ease. Yeah, I definitely agree with them coming uh, on top of the division. I will say uh, one uh, position group that worries me, as much or more than the wide receivers is uh, the offensive line for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Um, all pro, left tackle, most important uh, position on the offensive line. David ba- uh, Batiari uh, tore, let's see, was that 2020 tore his ACL, um, only played in uh, the Packers' Week 18 game last season. Um, and even though he was available in their playoff loss to the 49ers, uh, he didn't end up going in. Um so he's been uh, that protection on the left side and the blind side for Aaron Rodgers for the past couple years. Um, apparently, this uh, this ACL tear was pretty brutal, and the um, recovery's taken a lot longer than he thought. I honestly feel pretty pretty bad for the guy. He said that he's uh, in a living nightmare, and that hopefully one day he wakes up from the rehab pain that he's been going through, um, which is just a pretty brutal quote. And- um, so hopefully, hopefully he's able to, you know, turn around a little bit, but, and then on, you know, the other side, right tackle Elton Jenkins, uh, also starting the camp on the pup list. He's rehabbing from an ACL tear from November of 2021. Um, so he was actually the guy that they were hoping was going to fill the spot of Bakhtiari, um, until he came back in the left, uh, tackle position. Uh, but now they're, they're down a left tackle and a right tackle, um, who were pretty important guys. If, you, if you're going to have your right tackle move over to left tackle and you can comfortably play both sides, um, then that's a, that's a pretty skilled lineman. So the 
not having those two guys would be, would be pretty brutal for their offensive line, especially uh, and their offense overall. That's trying to have you know Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon um, resurge again this year. Um, so, you know, I I do still have the Packers coming twelve and five, first in the AFC North, uh, potentially second. My guess is third seed uh, in the playoffs. I think that's mainly going to be decided by a uh, most likely week one loss um, that to the uh, to the Vikings because that yeah that offense from receivers offensive line is not going to be you know really cohesive yet um, and then you know they got to play the Bucks in week three Rams um, you know Super Bowl champ Rams week fifteen uh, and I think those are going to be the difference makers um, in between the second and and third seed for the Packers so. Um, yeah, you know, they added guys on defense after losing uh, Zadarius Smith um, to their division rival, the Vikings. Um, their defense under uh, Joe Barry, first-year uh, defensive coordinator last year, ranked uh, ninth overall in the NFL. So, And like you said, they got two great guys in the first round of this past year's draft. So they're in a good spot. Um, I think that their offense has more cause for concern uh, than people might think. Um, you know, on top of just the obvious uh, lack of receivers, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers has said it's tough going from a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famers uh, when referring to Devontae Adams um, to Alan Lazard, you know, referring to Devontae Adams' quote of saying, yeah, it's never tough going from one Hall of Famer to another, referring to Aaron Rodgers and, and Derek Carr, which is ridiculous, but, um, you know, He's trying to put on a great face that they're in, you know, a pretty good spot in terms of their offense where I think they might struggle a little bit more in the beginning of the season than I think. I have them starting one and two um, before they're able to kind of get a cohesive offensive unit going. Um, and then, you know, they'll be kind of the Packers of the past couple of years, pretty dominant, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears and just about everybody else in this division. So, that, that's what I have this kind of division shaking up. I think maybe we can uh, quickly just go around and rank uh, rank QBs in this division. Um, aside from the number one, I think uh, we can all agree Aaron Rodgers is, is right up top there. But, Frida, we'll start with you. Two through four, uh, how do you rank the, the quarterbacks in this division? You know, every quarterback after Aaron Rodgers does not inspire a ton of confidence. However, I would say Kirk Cousins is maybe the uh... – the number two quarterback in this division. I know he's uh, taking some heat on this podcast, but um, but I think uh, the numbers speak for themselves, especially compared to the other two guys. I would say Jared Goff is number three. You know, you know, pretty disappointing career for a number one overall pick. However, you know, he's better than Justin Fields. That's how I have the uh, <laughs> the quarterback shaking up. Yeah, I think that that's pretty fair, Nando. No, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with Rito on this. I mean, the thing about Jared Goff for me that, that makes me that makes me a bit upset is that he's always kind of had the tools at his disposal, you know, and it's like, can this dude, you know, make an improvement with, you know, with, you know, some some reasonable firepower that he has alongside, you know, alongside him on offense. But, I mean, like... Justin Fields, albeit, has to be has to be last. Um, but you know what? It's uh, it's unfortunate because it's not like uh, he's set up for anything but failure. Um, does he have you know? Does he have potential to to you know 
take a, a step forward in his career, like down the line, perhaps. But I don't really see it happening this year, to be honest. And I think uh, Kirk Cousins, low key, um, by default, you know, he is, he is pretty good. He did sign a big deal. Um, he should be, you know, improving the season with, you know, with the assets he has at his disposal. But I think that this uh, this ranking is pretty uh, speaks for itself. Yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, part of me wanted to make the argument for Justin Fields ranks number three. Um, given, I mean, I think that's a great point. Jared Goff is, yeah, kind of a lot of times in his career had the the tools at his disposal to the point that he could be a successful quarterback. Um, put up the numbers that you know a number one overall pick should be putting up, um, but that he just hasn't. Um, and then you know you look at Justin Fields. He just hasn't had any opportunity to prove that he should be ranked any any higher than fourth. Um, you know, yeah, he's got just about no weapons, even fewer than than last season. Um, so that yeah, even just sets him up for failure, kind of like you said. Um, I think yeah, I could see him getting getting hit a lot this year. Um, that offensive line's pretty terrible, um, and on top of you know. A lot of covered sacks from not having receivers get open and things like that. It's uh, it's going to be a year of, of growth for uh, for Justin Fields, but growth from some pretty terrible uh, experiences and games is is how I see this season shaking out. Um, that's that's about all the time we have for this uh, episode seven of Football Fanatics. And join us next time. We're going to be talking about the NFC South and Tom Brady and the Bucks.